Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. Possibly for the final time this NBA season, the 2022-23 season, could be coming to a close here, Nate, in Game 5. It's 3-1 Nuggets. As we know, we are talking about best bets in this video for Game 5 that Nate and I are bringing to you guys. We also have our player props up, so make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along if there's any more games. Otherwise, next time we talk to you will be about some future stuff, I imagine, over this summer. Uh, also, want you to head to thelines.com. Check out the great written content we still have up on the site right now. Uh, and we also have that odds finder tool you can use to make sure that you have that nice little chart in front of you. With all the odds available to you from these books giving us bets this nba finals not a great best bets video last time out a lot of weird stuff happened in that game especially with joker uh getting his fouls and obviously some poor shooting all over the place for miami uh so not much to pick up on there christian braun did not come through excuse me brown that's on me did not come through in that one for us so we only had one pick right out of our four best bets last time uh so we'll look to finish things off on a better note here nate and kick things off with your first best bet for game five yeah, raise your hand if you had Aaron Gordon top scorer in game four. I don't think anyone uh, – no, you're lying. So, yeah, I mean, this game, we we know Miami is dangerous to count them out. We know they're not the better team either. I mean, my overall take is, like, Denver has won these games. They haven't dominated, but they've controlled these games. So it's, like, a controlled slight margin, and that's why I'm thinking Miami – can come out with enough intensity and making enough shots, which they just flat out haven't done, to be within five points at the end of the first half. And that's not really going out on a big limb here. Plus five is is almost even money. Because the last three games, they've only been down by four, five, and six. And really where they've been crushed is, is like the third or fourth quarter down the stretch. Um, losing some opportunities. I mean, everyone's focusing on how they were in position to really close that game within – five or six points or, or win it uh, because Jokic goes down with foul trouble and they just weren't able to capitalize. I mean, there, there are plenty of things to talk about in terms of why Miami's struggling and really none of these numbers look good for them in the first half in terms of like Denver's plus 18 in the first half in, in these, in the series. Um, you know, a lot of that is from the game one blowout. Uh, but I will say, you know, at least in these playoffs, Miami scoring 53 on the road, in the first half versus 55 at home, you know, pretty small discrepancy. And that's despite them getting three fewer free throw attempts and shooting 37% from deep instead of 40%. So if there is some positive regression, as I'm saying, like if Max Struess does not continue to go over, if Gabe Vincent does not continue to get completely, you know, shut out as he did the last two games, um, you know, I think they'll find a little bit more offense. And I just don't think Denver's office is necessarily firing um, at, at a high enough clip in terms of the three point shooting to, to really just pull away immediately to, you know, oftentimes you'll see in these home games of the playoffs, right? It's like the crowd just going nuts. Like we saw in game one. And then all of a sudden you get a 15 plus point lead. I also looked at DraftKings. You get like plus 200 for there never to be a 15 point lead in this game. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of what I'm looking at too, is, is just Miami to hang around do their best to give themselves a shot. The pace has been 90 to 92 in this series. So it's not like there's enough possessions to necessarily blow out uh, the points. The pain points margin has slowly shrunk here each game. Uh, Denver getting a lot of fast break points, which is against Miami's MO usually. 
And interestingly, I mean, Miami, because they're usually in chase mode, they've taken seven more threes than Denver overall. But in the first half, they're taking the exact same amount. And Miami came into these finals as the best three-point shooting team in the playoffs. They they obviously have not lived up to that. It's it's looked like like a mirage. But who's to say that you know this team that is surprised at every time, as every time, every corner in these playoffs won't come out, play really well, and even be leading at the end of the first half? I'm not going to take them to win or to cover necessarily because I think the longer sample size, you get the feeling like if these games were five six quarters. Denver would win by 20. It's just like Hmm. the longer this goes on, the more it's going to be shown that they have more size, more weapons, whatever. But Miami, they'll find a way to hang around, I think, at least through the first half. Yeah, just real quick. I mean, the most incredible thing about this Miami run is that in the NBA, there's up to seven games in a series, every series now, right? Including the first one where it used to be best of five. And and so there's nobody sneaking through anymore like this. Like this might be the biggest surprise, despite the fact that Miami is made up of a team that, you know, has gone to a bunch of Eastern Conference finals in the last four years, now two in a row, three or four. Um, and, and the fact that they've been to the finals now two of the last four or five, uh, four years for the East as well. Like it shouldn't be a surprise because it's still a lot of the same guys, but they were just so bad in the regular season. It's just changing the way things are. So I think it's, it's pretty incredible that they, that in, in, in these playoffs, what you're saying, like the, the better team over time is going to show that it's the better team eventually. Um, and I think we might've finally gotten to that point. And, and really, like we said, coming into the series, Denver is not a team that you can take advantage of the, the, the David and Goliath uh, sort of, you know, euphemism here to, to describe this matchup is like, yeah, but Goliath only had one eye. <laughs> like the nuggets have eight eyes. Like they're just a crazy creature coming at you with no, you know, real um, weaknesses at this point that you can really see that could be taken advantage of. So I, I still have them winning, and, and that is my first pick. Uh, I, I'm not necessarily against at all. The, the first half plus five is wonderful. If you can, you know, figure out how to get that and them to win as well. Obviously, for them to be leading at halftime, for the uh, for the uh, Heat to be leading at the half, and for the Nuggets to win the game is plus four hundred uh, at this point. If you think that they can be winning as well, I believe the the first half spread as well. If they can uh, cover that, would, if they can win that outright, would be a close to uh, plus one eighty or so. So I mean, there's different ways to bet them. I, I'm fine with it, just taking the five points because I, I do think the first quarter first quarter is going to stay close and then they're going to have their work cut out for them in the second and you'll probably see uh Jimmy playing pretty much the entirety of that second I don't see how he can come out at this point um and that'll you know be something that they're definitely focused on but my money line pick here with the under is my first one uh under 209 and a half and, and on FanDuel you can get the extra half point there at 209 and a half versus other books that have it at 209 um and the Denver money line parlayed with that is plus 133 on FanDuel like I said if you want to go like under 209 on a place like DraftKings or um, uh, Bet365, if you have an account, you can get it up to about plus 145 there, but you, you lose that half point, obviously, on the under, and, and I'm fine with, with keeping it in there for the plus 133. Um, it's elimination game. It basically, I just, it's not only an elimination game. It's, it's the, the, the potential clinching game for the first ever title in Denver history. I think everybody knows that. And, and I, I think it's going to be uh, a much, a bunch of more uh, clenching of the sphincters, if you will, on, on both sides, even Denver. Uh, I definitely think that is something that could be in line for some of these players, at least with their shooting and some, some of these role players getting their numbers. I, I do still think, uh, believe in Jamal and, and Nicola in this game. What a shocking revelation that I still think they're going to be really good. Like they have been all, uh, all playoffs. Um, but I would continue to expect that. And I'm, I'm fading Miami on the road. Once again, uh, I do believe in the fact that they, why, the fit, the reason that they scored so few points, at least uh, in, in game three there that they lost and, and even game, uh, you know, game one where they lost as well, 
I think it's not just poor shooting coming to roost for this team. I think it's Denver playing defense in a way that is like just run them off the three point line. We'll take what it what what happens when they drive into the lane and we run them off the line. Uh, you saw them shoot uh, what was it twenty nine percent from deep in this last game, uh, and I just I don't see it getting that much better for them for guys like Struess and Vincent. Like I, I know that we we both expected Vincent to have a bounce back game last time, but if once again I just go revert back to the contested field goals because there's a huge difference in how they're playing defense at the three-point line Denver than the way that they played in the first two games of the series even the first game where they won and and Miami shot like crap they like I was saying a couple times so far they had a combined like 30 uncontested field goals between their four three-point shooters Duncan Max Drews Gabe Vincent and I even put Kevin Love out there Um, they were all just allowed to shoot at well I'm sorry Kevin Love in game two not game one because he wasn't in game one Uh, but they're all just allowed to shoot uh, you know 10 to 11 field goal attempts um, uncontested with nobody in within six feet of them. And that has not been the case in the last two games. They've cut that number directly in half or more, uh, only allowing Gabe Vincent three, Duncan Robinson four, Max Struess three. They're just, they're running them off the line and you're going to have to trade twos at this point, like I said. And I just don't believe Miami to be able to do that uh, to the tune of getting, you know, basically the hundred points where their, their, their team profits that I considered under 99 and a half for them. Um, but I do think there's, a, there's an aspect to this where some of the players on Denver come out a little bit tighter as well. Um, and and that does lead us to an under of the total of the game rather than worrying about just taking Miami's under where a few threes here and there, they get to a hundred. This game could still be one Oh seven, 100. And I would, I would not be completely surprised at all. Yeah. They might be tight or there might be just some human nature letting up a little bit after they played with direct desperation, ferocity, basically in Miami, both those games, knowing they had to have them if they wanted to have control of the series. Now, I mean, you're back home, you're expected to win. I know they talk about, closing out and how difficult that is and and being ready for that. But human nature, yeah, they might let up. And and yeah, these games have been, because of the lack of three-point shooting, they've really been throwback games. They're no longer like the NBA. So a 209 total is not as high. Um, I mean, as low as you might think during the regular season or whatever. But how about a teaser, just for old time's sake here? If you're plus 130, why not go with, um, I'd actually go with Miami plus 13 and and then raise the under four points. Uh, because like I said, I don't know if they'll fall behind by more than 15 at any point. I just don't see Miami as the team to like, let go of the rope the way you might in this situation. Maybe I've just learned my lesson from the, from them getting deflated and going into game seven in Boston and then just completely dominating that game. But, uh, I I just want to say real quick, cause, cause I did look at it. Like the biggest lead has been at least 15 in all of these games, not to like put a huge damper on it. I, I, it's actually been Denver leading by 15 twice, leading by 20 or 21 a couple of different times and Miami fighting back. But I, I do agree that Miami comes out stronger than and doesn't allow themselves even in the second quarter uh, to get down by that much. The only thing that might scare you is like, is it close to double digits going into the fourth and does it get out of hand? But once again, we're, with this, this bet, you're betting, you're believing in Miami to just never say die. And I think we continue to fight uh, believing that. Yeah, and the last two games, what wasn't the margin 13? I think it was 15 in game three, right? But it was, I yeah. mean, that took a, an absolute historic game. Like 13, yeah. for, for Denver to cover over 13, I think, is is kind of difficult. Even in this spot, yeah. uh, Miami should should keep fighting. Uh, so my second pick, I, I've been dancing around this as a fade. Uh, and I'm going to go for it in terms of Jokic to have under nine and a half assists. It's kind of scary. Uh, but you know what? Why don't you just parlay that with Denver to still win and Jokic to go under nine and a half assists? Then you get plus 160, and you might be more interested in the return here. But 
we looked at him, you know, obviously four assists in game two. And then game three, we saw, oh, he got 10. Like maybe there was potential for more. No, only 13 potential assists. So that is an extremely small margin for error. And then sure enough, game four, uh, he goes back down to four assists. And there is, you know, only 12 potential assists. And that's pretty much what he's averaging in this series. Um, 13.3 now after, you know, having a big first half of game one. Basically, since then, Miami has adjusted the way they're guarding him to not let guys back cut and, and let him get those easy dimes. They're making him make the pass to the pass to the pass. Like he's not even getting the hockey assist, which they track on NBA.com. He has an 11% uh, adjusted assist to pass ratio in these last two. So that's that's extremely low. That's lower than on Miami side, Lowry, Butler, even Duncan Robinson and your boy Struess. Um, and on his own team, you have Aaron Gordon, 18%, as Miami's you know daring him to be the facilitator, and he's been up to the task. And then Jamal, of course, getting blitzed uh, as 20.5% and, and, uh, and 10 dimes in every single game uh, because that's just the way they, they're, they're guarding Jokic. And, and I, think, I don't think that's going to change too much. I know, I mean, Miami's defense has not let them down necessarily. Um, I mean, they, they've, they've struggled a little bit guarding the paint and, and they're, but you're picking your poison with Jokic. And we saw in game four, they were really willing to live with just his pick and pop game. Just be like, yeah, I guess you can shoot threes and, and just like trying to, to take the ball out of his hands as a playmaker more so, uh, which is, you know, just kind of strange when you're talking about a center, but you're like, we just don't want him getting in the lane and, and breaking us down. So I, I mean, the assists, while they've obviously been really high throughout the playoffs, he did go under in four other home games and, and way under this total uh, against Phoenix twice, Minnesota twice, uh, you know, perhaps similar defensive strategies. And, and just like you're saying, this isn't going to be a high scoring game. Like we got a low total. Uh, we have the Heat shooting 37%. In the last in game three, um, and then committing 14 turnovers, the key to shooting under 32% from three. Jokic is expending a lot of energy protecting the rim, which he's done really well. And, and it's a big reason why Denver's looking looking like they're gonna win this, this series here and wrap it up. But it, it just hasn't been the same kind of pretty flowing basketball, which is what you expect from Miami, right? They're trying to drag it into the mud, they're not trying to give you these pretty passes, and they're and they're disciplined at the back end enough so to not let him dime up everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's probably time. I think, you know, even if you look at, um, the, you know, you look at all four of these games in this series and, and you look at Joker, um, the one time he got, right, the 10 assists. Um, well, he got 14 in game one. That was an incredible game. And then the the, the 10 assists that he got in, in game uh, three there, you, you kind of expected he was at, what, nine assists for, like, most of the game. Like, he, he wasn't at 10 until the very end. Got one in, in, in the very end of the fourth quarter there to get the triple. Well, it was the middle of the fourth quarter. Either way, to get the triple-double, the point is, is, like, he was hovering around nine. He was. It, it wasn't, like, a guarantee that he was getting 10, and it's just seemed that way a lot more in the last three. I mean, in, the, in that first game where he had 14 assists, he shot the ball 12 times. In the last three, 28, 21, 19 field goal attempts. So just as much as, as you know, the the Heat are definitely getting out on shooters, um, and and they are allowing Jokic to to go one on one way more often. Like that's that's all a part of this. That's just he's taking what they give him, um, and and you still see him looking for assists when he can find them. Uh, but I think you know take take the end of that last game four where you know he comes back in. I think they're only up six at that point, maybe even closer, at five, whatever. They're at the fourth quarter after, and he's got five fouls. He comes in, he tries to make a, a he has an open three, he passes it up for an assist. 
doesn't get a bucket. Next two times down, he's shooting threes. He's like, what am I doing? Like, I just got to get the ball up and get these points in the basket. There's no time to mess around anymore uh, and worry about getting guys involved. It's more just about winning right now. One more game. And I think that the points would be preferable there for, for the assists 100%. So if you want to fade him there uh, and get the juice for the, the negative correlation of him going under with the assist, but then winning the game, you get it up to plus 162. Like you said, it's a good uh, it's a good parlay in terms of taking a prop to go with uh, that that winning uh, money line for for the Nuggets. So I'm going to close things out talking about his boards, though, um, Mr. Mr. Jokic, because I, I still think there's value there. He got 12 in the last one, and, and I'm going for 12 right now for him. Um, if you want to get better juice, right, you would get 13. But I'm, I'm combining that in a parlay with Bam to get 10 plus boards. So I'm going ten, Bam 10 plus boards, Nicola uh, 12 plus boards, and that's plus 122 on FanDuel, uh, a little bit better than other places. You could throw Aaron Gordon's rebounds in there. I'm probably just going to cheat and talk about it a couple of times. But if you throw his uh, him to get six boards in there on FanDuel, you can get that up to about plus 180. And I really like that as well. Um, you know, because I do think uh, the reason that I think both these guys are going to get rebounds is they're the two guys that are going to be closest to the basket when they force the heat to drive. And that's what I'm predicating this on is them getting out on shooters once again, diving at them and just saying, you're not getting an open three. So you better either hoist up a, a really well-contested three, or you're going to have to come inside the, the, the three-point line. And when that happens, now you've got Nicola coming up and stepping up and being the the the, um, the main you know guy down low at this point. Aaron Gordon's got to drop down and pinch in at that point, and they're basically now the two guys either defending the rim or going up and getting the rebound off a miss. And so between those two guys, I just like them both to get rebounds for the Nuggets consistently. Aaron Gordon, we've seen him do get at least six in every game of this series and all the way back to, to game four uh, of that Lakers series. So five in a row, including a double-double in there and a seven-rebound game as well. So for him to get six, I still just think is right around the, the number he should be getting. I also expect some more misses as we talk about. I talked about an under in that first bet. So um, I, I expect that for, for both these guys. Like we said, the only time Nicole didn't get uh, the 12 rebounds in this series anyway uh, Miami shot 48% from three uh, so that was pretty hard he, he actually only got 11 in, in another game there um, but either way like the, the 12 is something that he should be getting as sort of the, the the low bar in my opinion and then Bam's rebounds is is pretty easy to explain like he's just doing this every time he, he only got nine uh, in that what in game two there where they won there was a lot of hot shooting no opportunity for offensive rebounds as well both teams came out shooting above 45% from three so I just that's really all I care about for, for game two and chalking that one up to people not getting their rebounds because of all the makes. Um, but the 12.2 boards that he's gotten in the last six uh, in 42 minutes, it's not just because Bam's going crazy and, and getting more boards. I think, I mean, there it's doubly correlated. Bam is definitely going crazy. He's playing like a madman. But there's also the aspect of, there's no there's no height anywhere else. Uh, and Jimmy just hasn't been the same rebounder. Uh, if you look at the last six games for the Heat right now, Bam's got 12 rebounds a game. Caleb Martin actually in there with seven. I also like him to get over four and a half. As you can tell, I just like misses in this game, so I like rebounds. Uh, Caleb got the over four and a half last time. You can still get juice for him to get five, uh, about, about even money for him to get five still right now for Caleb Martin. And then Jimmy's down to six boards a game. Uh, and Max Struess is down to about three and a half. They're just not getting the offensive boards the way that they used to. A lot of these shooters and, and, and guys getting boards uh, for the Heat were getting shots that seemed like those long rebounds. Um, guys like Max Strews and, and uh, even uh, Gabe Vincent, Kyle Lowry were in there getting about a, a offensive rebound and a half a game each in the last series uh, and back to the Knicks series as well. So they're just not doing that anymore. They're all under a half an offensive rebound a game and, and on the defensive rebound side, it's it's really either Jokic getting the offensive board or Bam getting the defensive board at this point. And, and a lot of, like I said, Caleb Martin, when he's right, as we keep talking about, he is right now and he's not sick anymore. 
court also to get in there. But 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 like I said, just to finish things off too with, with Aaron Gordon, just to make that clear, like I, I'm really into him having another big game uh, and getting at least six boards in this one. So I'm just kind of I like a little board parlay in this one. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, that's what we're talking about in this series is the rebounds being more consistent than the assists because it's mucked up. Even with the slow pace, you've seen these guys get their boards consistently. Jokic actually leads the entire playoffs in contested rebounding. Um, and he still got 12 despite that foul trouble, thanks to the extender, Scott Foster, in part. Uh, but at the last minute, yeah, I found a couple things at FanDuel for, for like combo rebound specials and Jokic and Butler to get 20 and Bam and Jokic to get 24 and hit those both at like plus 250, plus 300. And they both came up one rebound short. But I would go ahead and do that again uh, if, if I'm able to get those specials at the same juice. Because, I mean, if you're if you're that close and Jokic maybe doesn't get benched for five minutes by the officials, uh, we're probably getting there. Yeah, he helps you out at that point. You can still get him to get like 15 boards at close to two, uh, two to one on your money as well for Joker to get the boards there. So you're listening to the Lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sportsbooks all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Let's kick off Game 5 player props with the ageless wonder, Mr. Kyle Lowry. Who's actually we kicked off Game 1 with as well, I think. Uh, And now he gets a little bit of extra rest. He surprised us by playing really well on Friday on one-day rest. Yeah. uh, While Gabe Vincent continued to just struggle, bus, uh, him and Max Struess, I think, you know, both... Complete non-factors, just turning into a pumpkin at the at the worst time or whatever. I mean, credit Denver's defense, but Lowry is a guy with plenty of championship acumen. Um, you know, his last two, he's stepped up for Miami, averaging 11 points and six assists per game. So I'm fine putting a unit on him to go 14 points and assists here. I do want to combo the assists because he is looking to play make more. 
And then I looked at the three-pointer odds for plus 135 for him to hit two. So I would, you know, it's it's the last, maybe the last player props of, of the season. Uh, let's go big on a unit and a half on that second one and try to get a nice return as you head into the uh, offseason slash NFL or whatever else you might bet on this summer. But in any case, yeah, the minutes have been ascending for Lowry. 33, even though it was short rest. Uh, he plays well on the road. In the playoffs, averaging one and a half threes at nearly thirty, at nearly forty percent, and his last three particular road playoff games with the with the chips down here, uh, he's hitting two a game from deep at fifty five percent. Also giving you nine points, four and a half dimes. He's giving you five dimes in this series. Nice, really uh, chemistry with Bam in that pick and roll. We know Hero's not coming back, so it's going to be Lowry. Controlling the ball, especially if Vincent struggles again, I don't know if he'll be that bad. But um, right now, you know, confidence is at a critical for those guys, uh, the 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 undrafted free agents, those two. Um, and Lowry is is a guy who's been there and, and done that, and I think will will be part of the reason that Miami doesn't lay down here that they, they give it their best shot to extend the series. Totally. Kyle Lowry might be playing like a guy whose NBA career is coming to a close in the near future. Um, yeah. So I would definitely go balls to the wall on Kyle Lowry uh, if you like it. I mean, balls to the wall unit half is still a good amount. Um, but I, I agree. Like, I'm, I'm following uh, following you on that one. I was definitely looking at Kyle Lowry once I saw that for him to make two was plus money. And I think he's going to be putting up like five-ish, six-ish threes. I, like, I keep talking about the contested field goals for guys like uh, Struess, Vincent, Kevin Love, Duncan Robinson. Those guys have been singled out quadrupled out, whatever, uh, by, by the, uh, the nuggets as guys that are not allowed to shoot from deep period. Um, that means that Kyle Lowry is, uh, and the majority of his three pointers were uncontested, uh, in this last game, five of the six. And then even the, the last three games, he is the guy, he, Caleb Martin, who might start to get a bit more attention as he's looked better in the last two games, but like between Caleb Martin and Kyle Lowry in the first four games, those were two guys that were not getting closed out upon um, when they were shooting. They, they, you got to leave somebody open if you're going to sell out on at least two or three of the shooters on the floor. Um, and, and those guys are, Kyle Lowry is not that guy that's getting that attention. So I, I would like that as well. I want to throw one more thing out before I talk about my pick because I forgot to mention it. Uh, my buddy Evan gave me some good uh, knowledge yesterday when he sent me the tweet about Kevin Love recently becoming a, another a dad of another child. Um, and so maybe there's some Kevin Love stuff in there because he's playing like two days after the birth of his child. Might be riding high on that uh, if you like him at like six and a half points. Just kind of throwing out another like little like emotional bet here. If it's Kyle Lowry's NBA career coming to a close in the nearest future, um, and Kevin Love being a new dad, maybe we're riding high and some good feelings for those guys. I'm not betting on Kevin Love. I just wanted to throw that out there in case anybody plays. That I mean, yeah. Does De is Denver want to celebrate by just leaving him completely wide open again for three yeah. threes? Because they gave him two in the last yeah. game, but I don't know about three. Yeah, yeah. No, maybe not three, but like I think he hit three. But either way, that was all the, all of his points. He's gonna have to do that again, like you're saying. So I look it up if you want. You can still get pretty good money for Kevin Love to make two threes too. It might be where you go with it. It's like plus one seventy five for him to get over one and a half. So just throwing that one out there as well. But let's talk about my actual pick, which is a, a nice little same game parlay because I was trying to find ways to get Jamal Murray to score 25 plus points. And that's what this bet is based on. Um, so do with that what you will, because for him to get 25 plus, like maybe we just take, a, we get a guarantee win in, in potentially the last game of the NBA season and just say, 
It's like minus 155 for him to get uh, 25 plus points because his prop is at 25 and a half after an, uh, another poor game, you know, sub 20 point game uh, in this last one. Obviously still had, uh, he had 15 points at the 10 boards or excuse me, 10 assists that I, I think um, you, you might want to talk about as well at some point because uh, Jamal Murray to lead this series uh, in assists was pretty good money before it started. And it's down to like minus 3000 uh, at this point. Uh, and for him to be leading in every game of the series is down to like minus 195 uh, because or him to get 10 assists in every game of this series is down to minus 195, which at one point was like 300 to what's like 33 to one or something ridiculous. So um, either way, I'm going back to his points because he has scored less than 20 points um, a few times in this playoffs, six to be exact, less than 25 points rather, uh, even going up that high six times in this playoffs and then come back to average 31 in the next six games that he's played. So I, I definitely want to make sure I got uh, him in my same game parlay or just take him, like I said, just take some, some, some not great odds and juice there to get yourself something that you feel good about which i do feel good about this um or just add the half a point get the hook and then you get close to like minus 110 caleb martin going right back to the well and i'm going to cheat and just make him my second pick as a foreshadowing here 10 plus points though is is what i can get him at it's at like 10 and a half on in his points prop in general but i'm just going to keep it at 10 and i'm going to keep bam to 20 which he's done every game and just didn't get the 21 and that hook got us last time uh, in game four where he got 20 points instead of 20 and a half or more than that so I, I, if you go with all three of those, it's plus 472 on FanDuel. Pretty good uh, juice there for them to do that. I feel good about that happening. Um, like I said, for Jamal, it's just a bounce-back game scenario, back at home, finishing things out, going to continue to shoot the ball 20 times in this game, I think. I, I know that Jimmy did a decent job on him last game and has d- done a decent job on him when he's guarded him, um, but I just don't attribute it entirely to that. Like I know they're throwing a ton of guys at Jamal, but that didn't really matter when he got hot in that game three there, which I would feel good about him doing once again. Caleb is back. He's not sick anymore. He's shooting the ball 10 to 12 times a game. If he needs 10 points on 10 to 12 shots, I'm feeling good about that as well. Once again, four and a half boards, I briefly mentioned for him, is still even money on DraftKings as well. So I would take that. And then the BAM 20, like he's done it in, in, in every game this series. Like I said, just the half point that screwed us in the last game for him to get over. But he still shot the ball 19 times. He just only hit eight of them, 42%. He's had bad games like that. So it's not like it's like that wild to see him shoot 42%, but he makes one more, right? And, and I think he's much more capable of shooting at closer to about 46, 47% where he's been in the last six games versus, uh, you know, th- this last game where he only had shot at 42%. So with that usage rate still at the highest on the team um, and the fact that like, look, four free throws last game was low for him. He should be getting six or seven at least uh, moving forward. Like I think there's an opportunity for him uh, to get back into that. And I'll let, I kind of want you to respond to that, but I also just really quickly wanted to bring up the three-point leader stuff uh, as well before I, we talk about that, just because Jamal's at 10 threes, uh, and he's minus 290. That's uh, on bet 365. It's basically minus 300 everywhere for him to, to be leading this series in threes when it's over. If we think this game is over, who's going to have more threes in this game is kind of the question. It's him and Gabe Vincent tied at 10 each. Plus 280 for Vincent to have basically more threes in this game than Jamal Murray. Um, that would be what I would consider. Just throwing it out there, Nikola Jokic is 130 to one to be leading this series in threes. He's got seven. We would need Jamal to basically not make any and Joker to hit four for that to come through. Is it worth it at 130 to one though? Might be worth a dollar, uh, yeah. but that's where I'm going um, in terms of like. I remind you last show when I had this scoring parlay with Jimmy Joker, bam, they all hit and Jamal did not. And you were yeah. like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm a little concerned on. about Jamal after the big game. He was red hot in the first half, really almost the first quarter. I mean, 
really just got it going and then couldn't be contained at some point. But Miami's clearly doing everything they can to shut him down, to shut down his scoring, make him a passer. He's made them pay, so maybe they'll adjust. But if they continue to blitz him on every single pick and roll, I don't think he's scoring 25 because that's just not the way like Denver plays. They're they're a great yeah. team. They can get the ball out of his hands. He can either get the dime or somebody else can score. So for me, I'd rather go with Jokic 25 plus or okay. and, and or throw in Jimmy yeah. 20 plus cuz I, I mean I, he 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 might go for 30. I mean, yeah. he's due in in some way uh you know, the lack of aggression. We always talk about close out Jimmy whatever. Um I I I would include him again. To, as he got 25 to, to hit that parlay last okay. time. And I'm going back, like I said, with, with late series, Jimmy, um, 25, seven and seven game. I know people saying like he could do more. Sure. Uh, but what I'm taking here is him to just board up again and Bruce Brown to not be within three rebounds of him. So minus two and a half on the rebounds, head to head bet at DraftKings gives you plus one Oh five odds. As Josh mentioned, we hit this with the MPJ Versus Jimmy last game because uh, Jimmy had seven boards and, and he's now gotten seven plus in seven of his last 10 playoff games. Whereas Bruce Brown is, you know, pretty much 50 50 going under four and a half rebounds in, in these playoffs. Uh, he's averaging 3.9. He's averaging four in the finals and almost zero contested rebounds, 0.3 contested rebounds per game. So if it falls to him, he'll grab it. But he's not going out there and competing, I, as we know. Jimmy Butler, in in late round game, in late series games, I've mentioned this last time. In the final game of a series, eight point three boards per game. In the penultimate game, nine and a half rebounds. Anytime you can say penultimate, you got to throw it in there. Uh, and in his in this finals, he's getting thirteen rebound chances per game, and, and and nearly three contested rebounds. So, like I'm saying, he's out there competing. And Bruce Brown. He had a great finish. I love the guy. I I was thinking about taking his props again, but the reality is like, he's not a high usage guy necessarily. He's really playing more of a backup point guard role. And it fits in with what we're saying about Murray is that he's especially going to be a facilitator and a point guard uh, when Murray's getting doubled all the time and point guards don't typically rebound much. And that's why we always saw him get what two boards in in game four. Um, You know, he doesn't need to rebound because he has, the league, the league leader in rebounds in Joker and, and Aaron Gordon, who just absolutely dominated the paint in his last game. So he doesn't necessarily need to do that as much as Jimmy, who basically is your defensive power forward. If Caleb Barton's out there as, as your token power forward. Uh, so between Jimmy and bam, they have to go for every rebound. And, and I just, I don't think Bruce Brown's going to be in that role, even with the second unit. Yeah, it's hard to nail down when Bruce Brown's going to play enough minutes. Um, I, I'm not thrilled that he... I just chose not to talk about him the one time that he just went absolutely bananas. Um, and and so, you know, e- either way, though, like, the rebounds for him are not something... that Like, I basically put him at three rebounds. And you've got to put Jimmy at about seven. Um, so the two and a half seems like a pretty nice disparity. If, if you think that I... Like I do, that Jimmy's a solid four rebounds better on average than Bruce... Uh, in this game, then yeah, you feel good about it. Um, Bruce, if anything, like maybe the points again, uh, that dude is not afraid to shoot. And he finally got more minutes uh, than, you know, above the 20, 22 minutes that he was getting at times over the last, uh, you know, roughly six or seven games for this team. So the fact that he's, he could play that many minutes, but you just don't know is like, yeah, I'm just going to continue to go with Jimmy. The only other thing is like, 
do think Miami's going to miss a few more times than Denver. Um, but that's where I think Bam's going to come to play and gobble up those rebounds, like I said. And I still believe in Caleb Martin rebounds since they're only at four and a half, um, which would eat into uh, the ability, obviously, there um, for, for other guys like Bruce Brown to be getting those as I think they'll be guarding each other. So let me move on, though, to just Caleb Martin. I'm happy to end things with Caleb Martin. Um, I think he got a raw deal in the first two games. I don't know why it wasn't talked about beyond like this podcast that he was so sick and couldn't be the same dude. But it's just one of those situations where like I'm when you're going game to game and it's the same teams playing each other every time. You're trying to find the variance. Like, where are things changing between games that I can depend on? And I don't know what Spo's, um, you know, what, what his sort of adjustments are going to be. I don't know how Michael Malone is going to react to this and that necessarily and who's going to play because of this. But Caleb Martin is someone that, like, we knew what he meant to this team in the series versus Boston. It's the same scenario for what he means to them now. As you said, a token power forward who isn't maybe necessarily guarding the other team's power forward, but he's 6'5", so he's at least guarding the three uh, on the other team who in this situation is six foot 10 uh in, in michael porter jr so like he's needed out there and, and he can't guard michael porter jr as well he's not getting back down or anything so I, I like him to get the rebound still i like him to get the over 10 and a half points though at, at, um at um DraftKings is where the best odds are um minus one and a half units for me to get that i think it's actually minus 110 now in DraftKings. i mislabeled this in, a little bit better than minus 115 but back to a unit and a half and, and nothing's changed after what we saw in that game four from him to make me believe that he's not going to go back to the same a similar player i'm not saying he's dropping 26 points on this team like he did in this in the Celtics series but I think on 12 shots he's very capable of scoring 11 times uh not really getting to the free throw line but he has started attacking a bit more they did close out on him decently well he only took two threes um but he did get uh the three or excuse me two offensive rebounds in there as well which led to uh at least two points right there uh 41 percent from the field is not good right five for 12 so I think there's some positive regression available for him as he still gets kind of his touchback after not really playing basketball uh super um, competitively for like a solid week, uh, even though he played 20 minutes in the, in the first two games. So I, I just think that there's un, there's value here for him because he's been undervalued because the reason he went back down to earth wasn't just like, oh, he's not that good in reality. And all of a sudden he sucks after the Celtics series being so good. It was just that he was sick. Uh, so I continue to harp on that fact. Yeah, he's been good. He's been aggressive in these last couple games back home. Uh, which we touched on the the support he's got there. I'm I mean I'm still curious. DraftKings has not released a bunch of these head to head player props. I mean they don't have the odds. They have him plus one thirty to outscore Bruce Brown. Uh, I don't know what the spread might be on that. Maybe it'll be dead even. But there's going to be some interesting angles in, in terms of Caleb versus um, you know MPJ perhaps fade him again. He only played 23 minutes despite playing much better. MPJ or we could fade Gabe Vincent uh on the other side and and Bruce Brown while we're not not expecting a huge blow up uh blow up again from him he's minus 170 to outscore Gabe Vincent and I, I don't know that that might seem like a lock to you guys uh but yeah just keep an eye on those head-to-head player props um and and see what the odds are with with some of these role players that's the way I would I would angle if you have a DraftKings account yeah, those take a little bit longer uh, to come out. But interestingly, too, just along the lines of that three-point bet, uh, Jamal Murray is minus one and a half to score uh, in terms of three-pointers made over Gabe Vincent, as we're talking about that leader of the series play. Um, for him to get two more in this one, yeah, I can understand that. But it's almost like I get plus 280 if Gabe Vincent scores one more three than him if I just take the leading series, series bet. And I think Gabe Vincent, uh, and I think this game is, is over. 
tonight, right? So I think plus 280 for for Vincent to hit one more three than Murray in this one is reasonable. And it's almost like a hedge on the 25-point bet for Jamal that I was throwing out there as well. So just some ways to mix a match on it. I, I, I am still feeling good about Jamal. I know they keep blitzing him, but I'm going to take him for the 25-plus just because that's what he does. But you are making me realize, like, Joker at 25-plus feels like a pretty nice lock as well. Like, there's no way he's getting five fouls in, in the first three and a half quarters again. Um, so you got to feel good about him playing enough to get 30 in this one. And that is all the time we have for you in this Game 5 Play a Props video. Make sure to like and sub subscribe as we are coming back as soon as there's more hoop, uh, which might be a Game 6. Otherwise, until we see you next, happy betting.